I mean, what the fuck? Who made mustard and was like, we should put this on things? Twitter wants to know, and by Twitter I meant I wrote this all down like two weeks ago. I'm hyping myself up. I'm thinking, I will fuck you up, maybe. My jokes aren't always great. Occasionally, I'll seek validation through a thirst trap and then delete it two hours later. That's just how it is. It's the cycle. It's how things work. Waves in my face. <laughs> what if that's how I started my podcast? All right, so today I had my friend Tanner on. Um, he's one of my oldest friends. He's from college. We're coworkers, homies, all the above. And he's a really dope dude. And he recently started putting out kind of a mindset, motivational type of YouTube. And it kind of shocked me because I'd never seen him talk about that. I don't, I've always known him as a very inspirational and just a very good dude. But when he started posting these things, it really caught my eye because that's something that I correlate with. And I just, I, I think it's, I think it's something that everyone would benefit from from hearing. And we talked about a lot. I mean, today was a pretty long podcast, but um, I think you'll enjoy it. And it's something that you can listen to on the car ride or when you're pooping or doing whatever. But I think it's really good if you enjoy just genuine conversation. I even make fun of myself quite a lot. But uh, I also get a little deep, and Tanner does too. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. So without further ado, my buddy Tanner. I went back and listened to... Uh... Uh, a little bit of the Cali Roses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Do you like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I uh, I was really surprised when she followed me, and I was like, "Fuck it, like shoot or shoot, like I'm gonna have her come on the pod." And she was down. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering how that all got set up. I listened. I think I listened to like 30 minutes of it. So if you ended up asking her, like, or explaining how. Uh, I heard that she followed you or whatever, but uh, yeah, she followed me. Like, let's get that down pat. She followed me. <laughs> draw, the, draw the line in the sand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I may have heard her name before somewhere, but uh, played it cool, cool, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm thank you for coming on because um, I feel like I've I've been interviewing or just talking to people that I met off Twitter, but uh whether you take this as a good or bad thing, like you're probably one of my older friends because I don't really fuck with anyone from high school. And then when did we meet? Like 2013? Somewhere around uh, there? Yeah, 2013 sounds right because I think we met like sophomore or junior year. Yeah. Uh, so somewhere right in that area. And then we ended up being uh, co-workers for a little bit. For a smidge, and I every time uh, your name comes up, I'm like, it's actually the guy that got me this job. Fuck yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. So um, I'm recording right now, so I'm just gonna tell people. So Tanner's one of my friends that I met from Kentucky, and um, I don't even know how we met. Maybe just through mutual friends or something. Maybe the Wilson uh, or the Zachs or something, um, or Latrell or one of them. And then we end up working together at Apple. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you've just been cool as shit. And then, out of the blue, man, like, I saw you post some motivational shit on uh, on Facebook, and I was like, yo, like, that's that's my brand. I love that kind of shit. So, I figured it'd be dope to have you on and just kind of see, like, what started that? Like, what what was just like, you know what? And, and I'm not saying that you, you've never had that, but I've never seen you post about it, so I'm just curious, why now? Yeah, man, that's that's a good question. I think... For me, it was a combination of a lot of things, uh, but the thing that really has kind of kicked me into another gear, like made me kind of look at where I want to be or like who I want to be 
was was honestly the the global pandemic, man. Uh, you know, you I feel like everybody on at least some level is going through something. Everybody has a fight, right? And, yeah. And that was just kind of amplified for me whenever I all of a sudden can't leave the house for you know two two months or so here in Nashville. Things were, were shut down pretty tight for a while. Yeah. So. Um, you know, being alone with your own thoughts uh, can be definitely a scary thing, uh, especially whenever you uh, don't have other people to kind of help bear the burden of like everyday life. Yeah. Uh, and so it was really just a lot of thought of like, you know, who, who do I want to be? Where do I see myself? Who am I chasing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after a lot of thought and stuff, I just said, you know what? My, I'm passionate about people. Like I believe in people. Yeah. That's, that's what does it for me. Like, I think people are, are good for the most part. And, and you know, that's kind of what I do. I'm a normal guy. I've got a normal job. But, like, part of my job is helping amplify people in terms of, like, becoming the best version of themselves. So um, so what do you do then if you're at liberty to talk about it? Yeah. No, I still I still work for Apple. still work for okay. the Real Fruit Stand. Nice. Uh, but from, like, a leadership perspective where... Uh, at least to some degree, a lot of my job is, you know, people development and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And and that's where I find my passion. I think processes are cool and uh, and fun, but I think what sets a lot of people apart in, in real world aspect is who they are as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, in terms of leadership and motivation and all that stuff, uh, I think if you build the best version of you to put out into the world, then that kind of gets you to where you want to be professionally. Yeah, 100%. And by the way, congrats. I did not know that you were still with Apple and you're in management now. That's dope. Um, for those not understanding why I think that's dope, and this may be a lie, but when we got hired into Apple, basically one thing that that they tell you is it's like harder than getting into Harvard. Now, do I believe that? No. But it is hard to get into Apple and to make it through all the stages, and somehow we made it through. And then, you know, in college, I started off as in the, like, I don't know how technical I want to get. Basically, I was helping people fix their phones. I was in, like, the back part of it. And then I got moved into sales. And then I got moved into, like, a flex role where I did both. And then I started going, like, more into business with, like, Rob and and whatnot. Um, Rob's one of our boys that has done a lot of cool (laughs) shit after Apple as well. Um, But I always just thought it was fun to do the cross training and, and be part of everything. But eventually what I wanted to do was management. Now, I, I didn't continue with Apple, but Tanner has. So it's it's pretty cool to see you 26, 27, 28, around that age range in a management yeah, position sure. where most people that you see in management are, you know, somewhere around 35, 40. So you're clearly excelling at the position. You can humble brag. <laughs> you can humble brag just a little bit. Man, I, I, I really think that uh, you know, it's a lot of like, I, I put a lot into other people Mm -hmm. and like, because I see things in them that sometimes, you know, they're, they don't want to admit or they don't want to fully believe in or, you know, and I, and I, a a lot of where I've gotten, I credit a hundred percent to just investing in other people. Because I think if, you know, as individuals, if we invest in others at some point in time, someone will notice Mm -hmm. and um if that looks like you know a promotion or it kind of depends on your field of work but if you know if that's a promotion that's pretty cool oh absolutely so you work with people obviously apple you're 
I guess your um, your main goal is to make people happy because uh, you have all the products. But tell me about this uh, this YouTube series that you have, or maybe not a series, but you started putting on these YouTube films about motivation and being a good person and, and doing that. So um, I want to hear your take because I know you've been following me for a little while, and I, I'm obviously I've been following you as well. Um, I have what some people have called toxic positivity. Because you almost have to keep that optimism all the time, and I kind of got a little bit about a little bit of that from your video. So, um, I guess what spurred starting those videos, and, and you are, you kind of went into it during the you know having a pandemic, but um, has anything come of that, or, or what's going on with it? Yeah, man, it's it's real early stages because it is something that I was, you know, you're you're sitting around one day and you go, fuck it. Yeah. let's do this let's do it live you know yeah and i just i just said one day like I, I drew this line of like i'm sick and tired of not putting something out into the world whenever i'm feeling it and so like i know other people are feeling it too because yeah. we're all humans and so i just put out a video i said the, the easiest way for me to commit to doing this mm -hmm. is to just let everybody that i pot that is in shouts to reach yeah here that i'm going to start a youtube channel because if i do that then I have an internal thing that says like you're held yeah. accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I did the podcast. I, I've had a podcast for like two and a half years and each time I'll do like one or two episodes and I'm like, fuck, like nobody listens to this. Real, like realistically, nobody listens to this. I check and it's like a hundred listens per podcast, but that's maybe a hundred people that might enjoy it. I mean, I've got like pretty good ratings on, um, Apple podcasts or whatever they call it. Um, probably Five my stars. friends. Five stars I saw, man. Hey, you know what? It, thank you, people that do rate it. If you rate it four, then I'll find you, and I'll put Liam Neeson on you. But um, basically, I'm getting some David Goggins vibes from you. And uh, I, I definitely agree. And something that you talked about earlier that I feel like I didn't get to enjoy or get through is I had to keep on going to work. So being in the Army um, and not in a position to telework, I had to go in and brief like generals on what was going on with COVID and at the Corps of Engineers, like we were doing the alternate care facilities that Cuomo was like, we need the engineers to come in and do all this stuff. And it, be it became this huge thing. So I was going in each day. So I had that routine. I was seeing people. Obviously, I was socially distancing and doing everything that I could to stay safe. But I still had to go in. And I had my home gym. So I was like doing this and that and keeping busy. But, you know, I was talking to a lot of my friends. And it sounds like you were stuck in your house for a long time. I didn't really get to experience that. Um, yeah. so I, I don't, I cannot say I know what that was like, but clearly you did something positive with it, it which is the whole vibe. That's the whole purpose of it. But yeah. people, I think went one of two ways. They went the way you went, maybe not creating things and putting it out, but they did something positive. They kept up with trying to be uplifting or they just sat around and became a sack of shit, you know? And right. I'm not saying they're shit, but you get what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad you moved the way that you did. Man, yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's not easy. I, it definitely makes it more real to me. I think empathy is huge just in terms of as like having that as a character like mm -hmm. empathy, man, can take you pretty far in life because yep. it's just the ability to really understand and see somebody's you know, viewpoint or like understand what they may be going through. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's just super important and and for a lot of people who are stuck at home for you know seven months now going yeah. on 
alone, some people not alone, mm-hmm. thankfully, but if you're alone with yourself for seven months, that's <laughs> mentally a tough place to be because people are hard enough on themselves as is, I think. Yeah, and I find I thought it was super interesting. People that didn't really even know each other that started dating right before COVID or maybe just like right during, they moved in with each other or they, they you know, they started going to each other's place all the time. And it, I think it was one out of necessity for somebody to be around and two, just to have a, a springboard to, you know, talk to somebody. Um, but it was crazy to me. I was like, why in the world would you potentially go into a situation where you don't know someone? Like, what if they just openly fart right next to you and you're not at that stage in a relationship and all of a sudden you're just like, listen, like Janice, you, you can't fart in my face. And then all of a sudden you start arguing and you're like, go home. And they're like, well, we got a place together. And you're like, well, go in the bathroom and I'm going to stay in here. Like it seemed like that was a recipe for disaster, but maybe some people will, I don't know, get married out of it. And some people would just use it as like a 2020, you know, it happened. So right, right, did, right. did you, you have gotta, did you have something like that, little fling, or did you just go ahead and isolate? <laughs> I didn't, man. Oh. I, uh, I didn't. I, you know, I, I'm getting to that point in my life where uh, I'm that weird dude that, like, doesn't go on dates and, like, most of my time is consumed with work or, like, focusing on things that I find passion in. Yeah, uh, so you probably have seen a lot of Cali Roses lately. <laughs> I had I didn't know who that was. I really didn't. Uh, and so I, you know, I got on her Twitter and I was like, oh, that's a dick. There's a dick right there. That's okay. Exactly. That's what I was telling her. I was like, I mean, I lied. I knew who she was. But I was like, yeah, I just was trying to figure out who you were. And I scrolled the timeline and there you were taking four cocks. And I was just like, well, uh, I think I know yeah. what you do. So I, I looked it up at the wrong place, too. Uh, Church? Yeah, I was at work. I nice. was at work, and I was like, let me see who this Cali Rose is. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and so caught me off guard a little bit. It was uh, <laughs> an interesting surprise on a Tuesday. Yeah. So now that things are, I don't want to say back to normal, because they never will be, and I don't think they will be even close to normal for a long time. Um, how has the transition from basically being in isolation to potentially, I don't know if you're going into work or what you're doing is, how, how has that been? Have you, does it feel good? Does it feel weird? What's it like? So, I don't know how far I can kind of go into being at work, not being at work, because like officially, unofficially, I think Apple stores, generally it tells you online if they're like open or closed. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm safe to say they're, ours was closed. Okay, we're yeah. We're closed. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting getting back out into society, I will say. I think I can answer that because now you, I mean, you have, it's, it's a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And so we've been trained for pending how long you've been alive for me, you know, 27 years. I am a handshaker. Yep. I'm a dapper upper, mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, whatever it is. I like to physically interact with other humans. Yeah. And so... Uh, it is difficult in that sense that you go out into the world and that can't necessarily happen and specifically in, in my workplace. Yeah. Uh, so. So really, a really quick aside then. So you said that you don't really go on too many dates. Um, all right. I would say I don't, but then that'd be a straight up lie. Um, one thing that has been very strange is going on a date 
and knowing there's no potential for like a kiss or anything like that until you really know them. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's very strange. So I've gone on probably since things like died down um, with, okay, maybe five different girls. So like five different dates. Um, I was dating a girl for a little while and then we actually just ended things uh, a few days ago. But um, yeah, rough. But anyways, um, it was really strange because you don't know if they're okay to kiss or hold hands or touch a body part. Not like in a gross way, but like, can I touch your shoulder or this or that? Or like some of them don't even give a fuck. And then you're kind of like, well, if you don't give a fuck, like, are you being safe? Like, so there's no like balance. And it's a very interesting time because we don't know when things are going to be normal. Even when a vaccine comes out, I don't know if it's going to work or like what the after effects are. And it's just super strange. So like, we chose the worst time to be single. Like, we should have just settled. We should have settled in February, and we had that, like, gross, like, Valentine's Day first date and made it awkward yeah. and then being like, all right, yeah. we're getting married. But we got fucked. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that, <laughs> that thought had not crossed my mind, but I, that's an interesting point. I think, uh, well, then, man, if, mm-hmm. I guess I, to that regard, it would be very important to be like in the talking quote unquote phase with somebody so that way you can at least get that familiarity yeah. and to be able to fill out the situation yeah and then adjust make sure you're on the same page there yeah i always ask what are, like what are you down for and yeah. prior to covid that was like kind of a sexy you know like what are you you know what are you into now i'm like right. are you down for like a little hug or like what's good you i mean like are you Bro, a, let me hold that hand yeah hey i <laughs> let me see those nails girl Ooh, let me touch those yeah. and now it's kind of just it's strange and i feel like nashville uh is one of the places i remember like when the beginning of covid happened everything shut down and then like within two weeks nashville like had a bar open and it made national oh, yeah. news because nobody was with a mask or you know isolating and so maybe that's not a trouble spot anymore but it doesn't have a great reputation for covid so it makes to me, that'd be even more kind of mind-boggling to date there. It's, man, it just depends on who it is, I think, for sure. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, like, I have Hinge downloaded on my phone. Hell yeah. I'm on there, I'm at least matching, but not really engaging in yeah. conversation. I'm bad about, like, messaging back. Um, so, for all my Nashville viewers, um, wh- what area of Nashville do you live in? It's Brentwood is what it's technically called. Okay, so if you are around there, get on Hinge immediately and match. And then do some talking and set boundaries and guidelines. Because I hear he does eat ass. <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny. That's a yes. That's a yes right after the shower. So I have to. I, I ask like almost everybody that comes on the podcast, like, is it okay to eat ass? And I just, I, it's the weirdest question that I can ask someone and I have to ask them. So what's your take? Man, the hard hitters. That's what you've got. That's what you've got on deck. I'm a real journalist. I'm a big proponent. Uh, this is going to be a super political answer. Mm. For me, the answer would be no. Mm. That is not something that I necessarily am interested in either giving or receiving. Yeah. It's a no go to receive. It's a no go. Yeah. However, if that is your thing mm-hmm. and that brings you joy and happiness in life, go for it. 
Okay. But uh, if that is a deal breaker for somebody, then <laughs> I feel like not eating their ass is a deal breaker. Then that's where we that's where we part ways. Yeah, you know, I I think I would agree with that. Um, I'm a fan of it. I think it's fun to do just to like give them a little tickle somewhere that they're like, whoa, you know. Um, <laughs> But if someone like specifically was like, you will eat my ass tonight, I'm like, no, not a chance. Like this is if let's just say it's like midsummer, like, no, this is Christmas in July for you. Like this isn't this is a gift. This isn't this a, is a, gift. a command, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you were honest there because, uh, you know, I think a lot of people um, they say no. But in the back of their mind, they're like, well, you know, it's like that. um it's like that kombucha girl where she's like, hmm, well, mm, eh, maybe. maybe that little, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that meme. I love that meme. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, question for you. So we have a lot of mutuals. And I'm trying to see, have we ever, are we Eskimo bros? Oh, gosh. But I don't, I don't know. I don't want to out any names. But did you ever hang out with anyone that we worked with? No. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, no. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, I feel like we can't out those names because then that's... It's not slut-shaming because we'd be the sluts in this situation. But, oh, I, yeah. but private always, information. If it's, if it's a situation where there was a slut in my prior days, like around the time I was in Lexington, it was me. Same. I was I was a PG whore. So I think I talked about this on one of my podcasts, but I was a virgin until like mid-sophomore year. And then after that, I was like, that's what sex is like? I've been missing out on that? And then I just started doing that. Right. Which right, is right, not right. the correct move. I should have handled it with maturity and poise. But oh, um, way better story, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and it, I think it's always funny because, like, I I do consider you like a pretty mature dude, and you seem like a stand-up guy. And I feel like I'm a similar way. I might make more like dick jokes just because of cancer, but like, I would say I'm a lot different than who I was in college. But it's always yeah. interesting to see someone's past, and I think about this, and I'm look at this. This is journalism. I'm turning it back to your positive motivational thing. So. You can, you can make mistakes in the past, or you can do things that you're not necessarily proud of, or things that you just kind of wish you would have handled better, and then you can still formulate a path to become a better person. And that's what I feel like I did. And I'm not going to speak for you, but perhaps you went through the same path. And I've seen a lot of our friends either go one of two ways: either they have done great things for themselves, like just for instance, Latrell, like. I don't know what Latrell's deal was in high and in college. I know he had some friends. We'll, we'll say that he had some pals, um, but he's doing fantastic. He was in Dallas, um, doing his stuff with accounting or whatever he does, and does a great job. However, I know there's a few friends that uh, I think we have a mutual that just kind of like, you're like, what happened? Like you went to college and now you're not doing anything and nothing's going on. So I think it's, I just think that's an interesting process. So like. What was your process? Because you because you did say that you were a little different in college. What what caused that change? Yeah, I, I'll be the first to admit that I was in college. I 
was way too bought in, like most kids are mm-hmm. in college, I, I think, way too bought in to like societal pressure. Mm-hmm. Just didn't, you know, I was hideous in high school. I mean, same. I look back at my pictures, I go, goodness, how, how did I kiss a girl in high school? That's really where I was at. I didn't, that's the thing. And then I, I get to college, I grow up a little bit, I lose some weight, and I don't think I'm good looking now, but I think I look a hell of a lot better than I did in high school. Hey, you're and handsome, so, man. Don't worry. You're handsome. I appreciate it. Same to you, my friend. Thank you. I'm, I'm no you, but I have a jawline, <laughs> so I have that going for me. I Sometimes guess. I do if I stick it out, you know? Yeah, if I shave and the lighting hits it just right. Right. But um, I think really where, where I kind of grew up at the, towards the end of college and then post-college was really just a, an environment, a change. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are are the product of their environment, whether that be for the good or for the bad. And I know you hear growing up, like you know, show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you who you are, or where yeah. your future is. It's a cliche, but so true. Because once you get in a good environment, and there are tons of studies on this. I mean, um, some of my favorite books that I read, that's like the common denominator. It's like, okay, this person that you've heard of, yeah, you've heard of them because of the situation that occurred were they ready for that situation yeah yeah they were an expert in whatever field it was and they put their time in but so did a hundred other people they're just the person who was in the correct environment right and so apple for me was that environment Mm -hmm. it was a place where i can go be my actual self not my societal self that i was trying to kind of fit in and do the whole drinking every weekend type thing in college and that, that'll take you down a real dark path if you're trying to please other people. Um, and so finally, I get in this good environment where I'm able to kind of be myself. I, you, I know you're a Miguel fan, right? I don't know Miguel. Miguel? Oh, Miguel. I think you said Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The singer. No, it's time Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Teach you the sounds of love. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. No, no I was just going to say, man, that was good. That was good. Um, he's got a song called What's Normal Anyway. Mm. I don't know if you've heard it, man, but I'm telling you, that's one of those songs that really makes it make sense for you. Because if this guy who has all this money mm-hmm. and all this fame it writes a song about, like, what is normal, man? Like, I don't fit in here, I don't fit in there, and then he just talks about really his own so for the black Okay, yeah, I mean You're in a dark place as a person I know it's tough, but if you're in a bad group of friends and you see your friends going out and drinking every weekend at age 25, 26 mm-hmm. plus like Th- That's what I was kind of hinting at, right? Because I didn't like drinking to begin with And then my friend group <laughs> Yeah, I, I still don't at all um, But you know, Zach Wilson and Zach Jones and Garrett and all of them um, they're great people, and they just go a little harder than I do, and uh, I, I can't really keep up without, you know, giving my, I, I've never had a hangover, but uh, I just definitely, I just don't enjoy the, the drinking part, um, and that was hard for me, especially when I started hanging out with like Austin Pugh and all of them, which if you know Austin Pugh, the dude's one of the most beautiful men to exist, so naturally all the women came up to Austin and not me, so I'm just like, maybe I should just get drunk, you know, like this isn't fun, and um yeah. But uh, yeah, and you know, after college hit, I, 
I would say a similar thing happened. I mean, I've been moving around all over, um, making new friends and, and consistently trying to like make great friends. Um, it's not necessarily what it was in college where it was quantity. Now it's quality. So I don't have as many, but they're pretty good. And all of them are, are pretty stand up people. And, um, what I found is like, you know, they don't pressure me to drink or we can go out and we don't have to drink and we can still go and chase tail and not really chase tail, but like we can go out there and just be boys. Um, and just have a good time. But, uh, it's no longer like the pressure of, um, having to drink or wearing Sperry's or going to this certain bar on this certain day. It's just, you guys want to have a beer and watch the game, which sounds lame, but it's a fun lame and it's a nice lame to be. And I think that change of scenario, um, or change of scenario, change of scenery just really helps. Um, especially when you can start getting some, like some consistency and becoming like a regular places. And it gives you that comfortable, comfortable mindset to where even if there is an outside pressure, you don't feel like you need to have that kind of inundate your experience that day. What's, what's your, what's your, um, friend group like in, in Nashville? It's pretty small. I, I, and I like to keep it that way. I, in the sense that like, I don't, I believe in people. I trust in a lot of people, but I think if I really start to try and keep up and, and I'm speaking mainly to like every single day, I want to talk to you and see how you're like, how your life's going. If I try and do that with 20 people, uh, 20 plus people, by the way that we did in college, that's whenever you kind of get sucked into this feeling like you have to do and go. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you lose that time. That's that really important time that you spend with yourself to, to learn and to grow and to, you know, start looking towards your, your future. Cause I think that, uh, it's, I don't want to say it's time wasted. Mm-hmm. But I think that any time you spend with other people is good time. Yeah. But if you do that too much, that's whenever you're subtracting from your own personal growth and advance. So. Yeah. It's like the, um, I don't even know what to call it, but it's like the work life balance where, we replace yeah. work with, you know, friendship and social time. Um, I actually, so one positive thing that came out of quarantine and the pandemic thus far, um, it's given me the chance to actually go after the passion that I want to do, which is teaching. And I feel like yeah. if I was going out with friends and doing all these things, like not that going out is bad or like spending time, but there were a lot of Saturdays and Sundays that I was just nose deep in my computer, just going over classes and going over these things and I end up passing my exams the first try which a lot of people don't do um, and I know thank you thank you humble brag Congrats, my dude. Congrats. but but I know um, the flip side of that is if I was going out and having these random drinks or going out with pals um, to the extent of getting kind of sucked into that that mindset because it's summertime you know like you want to go do these fun things maybe in yeah. winter time it's easier to hold on but because of the pandemic I didn't really have those pressures or have those expectations and I got all my shit done quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy for that. And I was talking to a few friends, and I feel like you'll agree, but I feel like I feel like adopting some of the norms in the pandemic when things get back to normal should, should happen. So um, distancing and, and being hygienic, that's obviously something to take into account. But just not always having to go out, like, making it a special occasion or when you do go out with close friends rather than like trying to get a big, as big of a bash as possible. Um, I don't know if that'll last when things start going back to normal or if people are going to be so excited to have these ragers that 
maybe they just skip all that shit. But I think it'd be kind of cool to bring in a lot of the things that quarantine um, made a norm into regular life. I I couldn't agree more, man. And I here in a second, I want to go back to you mentioned like uh, you know kind of pursuing your passion in forms of teaching. I want to come back to that, so don't let me forget it. All right. Um, but I agree, man. I think it's really interesting to see that people are now now that it's the quote unquote norm. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, going out and drinking every weekend is not as cool, I guess. Yeah. And so you're starting to see a, a shift in mindset of not having to do that right and with social trends they tend to kind of stick around for a minute so i i agree i, I wouldn't be surprised if that makes a transition even past a, a global pandemic i hope so and okay, we'll move into the teaching thing right after this one thing on that that i was going to mention is so you mentioned that you haven't really been dating at all during this but during quarantine and covid um i would match with someone and we do something like hiking or something which you can easily socially distance but still talk to each other and there's no expectation to really touch each other or like being in the vicinity of each other to like spread anything um obviously mask on and stuff i made sure all that was good to go but walking my dogs with someone free you get to talk the whole time you can see if they interact well with your dogs and it's just a a fun little chill time or basically these things that i don't want to sound cheap but didn't cost money you're spending one-on-one time with someone and it's more intimate. So like I would make food for people and as long as they're okay with that, like obviously they'd have to be okay with you touching the food and whatnot. But regardless of that, like you do these things that are intimate and it's almost taboo to do in a normal quote unquote normal time because someone wants to go out and get drinks or someone wants to go out to dinner or someone wants all these extravagant things. But in my mindset, like the, the older I get, like the more I don't give a crap about that because like i don't want to take you to this fine dining place and hate hanging with you within the first five minutes now if we're walking my dogs you know what that's exercise for my dogs so no harm no foul right yeah cut the walk short um so when you do get back into the dating scene it'll be interesting to see well not back into it but when you start moving into the engagement part of that it'll be interesting to see if girls are okay with that bringing in that new norm of Maybe we don't go out to this nice place. Maybe we find out if we actually enjoy talking to each other. Can we actually have a conversation? Like maybe FaceTime first. I know I did that with a lot of girls. It's. I think that's the right move now. I think maybe. Let me. Well, let me ask you this. What What was the best date you ever been on? Take your time. Best date I've ever been on. Um, Okay. Um, all right. Do you want the story? Or do you just want like a quick synopsis? Either one. Okay. So I ended up dating this girl and we had matched on Bumble three times. And each time we either let it expire, the conversation went nowhere, or did something happen? So finally the third time, she had just torn her ACL and I had just gotten uh, diagnosed with cancer. So we were both like in the fucking dumps. And I was like, listen, you've got a torn ACL. I just lost a nut. Let's fucking go out. Like, we've matched 14 times. We're going out. Here's my number. If you don't text me, I'm not matching you again. And she texted me. And um, we end up... uh, I I met her, and I got her three roses. 
because I was like one for each time we matched, like sarcastic, but also like kind of cute. Um, yeah. And she told me that she didn't want me to go back to her place the first time she met me. And then as she's saying that while we're seeing each other for the first time, I tur- I pull the like roses from behind my back and she's like, well, fuck, like now we have to go back to my place to put this in. And uh, actually this is my second best time. I'll tell you, okay. I'll tell you the second and then the first. But what did you guys do? Hold on, hold on. I, I'm going okay, to get okay. through these. So we go back to her place and um, we just have like a few conversations. And it's like this lovely like plants are all around. Her cat's running around. And she lives in this like nice little town home with some friends. And it's like brick exposed. So I'm, ar- I'm already invested. I'm like, this girl, she's cultured. I like this. Then we go out and we have a couple of drinks. And like we just hit it off. Like instant chemistry. Like she's laughing at my stuff. Um, we're having a fun time. Like even with her, like walking very slowly and it's like kind of hard. I know she was like in some pain. I'm sitting there one, you know, one nut less. So my underwear fits better, but my confidence got shot in half. Um, and then we end, uh, and this is November 21st, right? Um, this is our first date and, uh, we end the night, um, well, initially, we end the night um, at this Italian, very intimate bar, and she showed me. So it's like candlelit, and we just split a bottle of wine, and uh, we both like went in for the kiss at the same time over the table, like unexpectedly, which I was like, "That's really dope." Um, and then uh, she came home with me that night, and whatever. And uh, the next day, November twenty second, was my birthday. So we went to Brugger's Bagels and we had some bagels and she left and we ended up dating for a little while and it was great. Like it was just super comfortable. Um, Now, I guess the best day ever, uh, this girl came over um, and for some reason things just started happening and we banged before we even went on a date. And then we went on a date. Lord. Dude, I know. I know, right? We went on the date and it was fantastic. Like we clicked so well. And then there was already kind of like this sexual energy, like we had already done it. So like kind of knew that we were going to do it again, you know? And like, um, it was, we just connected really well. And she was a funny girl. She was very attractive, um, doing great things with her life. And we did it that whole night and she didn't leave until like two days later because we just connected so well. Like we were just chilling. She was just like hanging out my clothes. We were just doing ever and I always like see these things on Twitter like Instagram and they always talk about like you know best date lasted a few days and I was wondering like who ever does that like I would tell someone just to leave like immediately after I'm like get out of my place right but with her it was just it was easy it was so cool so um we went on like five dates during the date if that makes sense you know what I mean like throughout like a few days and we we're just hanging out so that was probably the best date because it lasted a long time so okay. top two okay i w- i asked that because i t- whatever you're referencing like whatever you get back out onto the dating scene and like it, now it's like all of a sudden you don't have to necessarily take somebody out and spend 150 dollars like, thank god those traditionally, in my experience, are the worst ones that I go on. 100%. feel like we have to put on this facade and we have to be these people that we're not. Yep. 
the best date I ever had, man. No joke. It's like 11.30 at night. I get a text message that was like, you should come. There's a Halloween party going on. Hell yeah. I'm like already about to go to sleep. I'm not trying to get up out of bed. I get up because I'm super interested in this chick. Yeah. I get up. I go over to the place. Spend like 20 minutes at this, uh, I don't even know, like warehouse, Halloween. Nice. going on, like a bash or whatever. We go out and sit in a car for three or four hours. That was it. Yeah. We sat in a car for like three or four hours and just talked. And that was by far the best date I ever went on because we like could just sit there and be ourselves. Yeah. And like listen to our favorite music and have an active conversation. Dude, yes. Those are the best. Not one bit. Well, maybe a little gas because you're burning it. But I'll I'll easily pay that. Like just leaning back the chairs like changing the songs like i pick one she picks one and just talking about shit especially late at night man i dude i mess with that hard that's that's the vibe that you want to have oh no doubt no doubt so, i would rather have that than even i mean i ain't trying to go nowhere ritzy i ain't ritzy you know how many times we're gonna get a relationship you know how many times me and you gonna go somewhere ritzy not often not with me <laughs> a year? yeah that <laughs> anniversary maybe yeah Cause I, you know, I make, I make pretty good money with the army, um, and I've made very good money with my career choices up to this point. But I'm moving into teaching, and that's like more than a half of what I make a pay cut. Um, and yeah. even now, like I, I used to ball out when I was younger, so I had some debt, so I'm like paying off all that, and I'm just way better about my money. Dating's very expensive, and when someone wants those ritzy places. And they're not really like on the same wavelength of splitting the bill. Like that's just unreasonable. Like I can't be paying 140 bucks every week because that adds up, and that's half a grand every month, and that's like a third of my rent. Like without you, I'm doing fine. With you, I'm actually having to budget. So yeah, yeah it's detrimental, and they're yeah. not down for like that open communication to be able to like talk through that and split the bills and stuff. Man, that ain't the one. Nope, and that's why I like to date older girls. Not really old, but older than me, or, or my age or older. And I, I feel like we've always said that. Like when I was twenty three, I was like, "You got to be twenty three or older." Like, come on. But legit now, like I have a strict, no fuck around. Like you've got to be my age or older. Or you know what? If you're younger, you've got to like. I'm not asking you to prove it, but it has to be proved that you are mature and that you understand like how to be in a relationship and how to split things and whatnot. Because I feel like the younger crowd, even like in the 24, 25 range, they're still kind of like, still kind of a strat star, but in a business world, and I just can't do that. Like, I need a, I need a lady who is professional, gets her shit done. I don't want her to need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want I'm her to want me. That. Yeah, and it should be the same. I think the 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 same way around. Like, you can't need someone. You need to want them. But yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be good with each other. Oh, for sure. Build, you know, building off each other's energies is always good from like a human perspective. But if you're expecting me to have to pay all these bills, like <laughs> I, I would. I mean, it's just where people. I, I really love what you're doing in pursuing your teaching passions, and the reason I say that is because I've seen the success that you've had in like corporate America and the army, and like I think that's dope as hell. Don't get me wrong. I think that's very cool. I think it speaks to your work ethic and like who you are as a human, because. The, in all the places that I've seen you, you're in a very competitive work environment. Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. And so for you to kind of move at the pace that you went, 
I don't. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that's not impressive, and to say that you couldn't find a lot of success in that industry. I think you totally could. Mm-hmm. But I think it's way more important, man. And this is where a lot of people misstep. I think it's really important to chase what you love mm-hmm. because they're one of my favorite comedians of all time, Robin Williams. Yeah. Had all that money, and they commit suicide. And people think like that's a one-off. No, it's because it's all time. It becomes their normal and. They start to like it's not money, man. It's what you, it's your love and your passion, the people right. that you have around you. You have to create this environment that is healthy for yourself, mentally, physically, all that mm-hmm. shit. And and seeing you chase that and, and kind of go a different direction, I think that speaks a lot to your character. I'm super excited for it. Thanks, man. For you and with you. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that so I I do mentor some like young kids, and one thing I tell them, and and I'll tell you, and this is not meant as like a, a brag or anything, but the last few years I've made over 100k and like the last job I was at I was at 115 um, at 26 so like when I was 25 I think I started making six figures and that was dope that was fucking sick but I didn't know how to manage that and like I mentioned a little bit ago like I balled down a little bit like I bought a 50 grand truck should I have absolutely not It it was a nice truck but now I have a Grand Cherokee for a reason you know, like that was a that was clearly a, a terrible decision. Um, I was just spending my money on shit that I shouldn't have done. Not really like fine like budgeting, and um, I was chasing the money, and I was successful, and I did a good work. Um, so I can't complain about that. But it's kind of like you're saying with with Robin Williams. Like when I woke up, I didn't necessarily want to go do that. What I found myself doing is enjoying like teaching people how to do things in the job. Or I found myself like always wanting to start a podcast or like tweeting motivational shit. Like that doesn't give me money, but it's something that I liked doing. Um, and like making stories where I just like kind of make fun of myself or do like motivational stuff on Instagram. Like I just enjoy doing that. And I'm very fortunate. Now, would I have asked for COVID to happen? No. But because it did, I am very fortunate to have had the opportunity to hear about an alternate certification program which is basically you as long as you have an undergrad degree then as long as you get accepted into this program it's like kind of a grad program but it's not technically grad program um, you can go through it at least in Texas and you don't need student teaching and these other things that kind of got nixed because of COVID because they need teachers I've been applying to places for like five days now I've gotten one rejection and nothing else heard so I'm not like going strong but I'm definitely happy with the fact that I'm pushing for it. Um, because like you said, like you got to wake up and want to do it. And yeah. I, I would assume this, and you can correct me from, if I'm wrong, but from the sounds of it, that's how you feel about Apple. Because that's how I felt about Apple. I loved working for Apple. And I tell people all the time that if I could have gotten a management at Apple, I would have never switched. I would have never moved. Um, Obviously, like I moved because of the army, and then I got intel, and then got into consulting. So I didn't ever venture back. But yeah, it's it's an amazing work experience and environment. And I feel like a lot of people um, consider people that work at Apple not in a bad way, but like some of the weirdos or hipsters or indies. And I would take that as a compliment because I go in there each time, and they're always interesting people, always nice, always welcoming. And they always have something about them that you're like, I kind of want to ask you more about that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I do. 
you, and you want to be in that environment. So I'm jealous of you, but I'm also excited for hopefully what I end up doing. If that makes sense. Dude. Oh, absolutely, man. I think, yeah, if you're chasing down your passions, it, it looks different. Yeah. It can, definitely, it can be in different industries, be different companies, all that, all that jazz. Very uncertain, too. Do what? Very uncertain. Like, I could totally suck, but at least I'm trying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I doubt that. I mean, just based off, of, I think that if you have success in one industry, I think generally speaking, if you make a transition, you will be successful because it's common themes mm -hmm. across the board. Sure, but I just mean like you know, I, I could suck, but at least I tried. You know, at least you tried. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's a big thing. A lot of a lot of people will let fear of failure, fear of judgment, and I I put out a video about this last week. It's it's just something that hits me so heavy, man because it was me mm -hmm. a lot of my videos are me yelling at my insecurities from my past mm -hmm. and, and even still some of the present and it's just me yelling it and putting it out into the universe so that hopefully there's some kid in some small town kentucky or wherever else man yeah that hears that and goes yeah, i don't have to be afraid of what other people think because like i don't want to live in regret i don't want to be 27 and, and go Man, I could have been I could have been so much better at so many things and I would all I cared about was what other people thought. Just wanted to hang out with a cool crowd, do cool things. Dude, a hundred percent. I I was thinking the other day, I wish I would have and this is a obviously a a fantasy land, if I could go back and talk to myself in high school, what would I tell myself? And this is, you know, mentoring these young kids, this is what I tell them. I was like, if I could go back, my personal experience, I'm not saying this is for you, I would not play sports. I would work out all the time and I would study very hard. I would work to be the smartest, most fit person I knew. And then I would try to take that into college and actually go after something that I wanted to do, not something that ROTC told me is a choice for a major or you know what's, what's the easiest to make sure that I graduate on time so I don't have to worry about this or that. Um, and I wish I would have applied myself. And so I served for a, a year and a half or so in college and it was my worst GPA that I ever got because I was always working and I never had time to study. So I wish I would have just dedicated myself to studies more. And one thing that with teaching this will help, you know, kind of relate to the kids, but for the kids that I do mentor, I, I do talk to them about that. I'm like, you can't always want to be the cool guy. You can't always want to do what you think is like the direct path. Like these great people that you look up to, they're usually trailblazers. They're usually off the beaten path and they worked for what they want. They didn't just, you know, wear Sperry's and wear salmon-colored shorts and join the right frat and go to all the right classes and all of a sudden end up being Elon Musk. Or I mean, Elon's got his own issues, but you na name anyone. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a fraternity or doing that stuff, but if that's not who you really are, then what's the point? Kind of like we said, what's the point? Like, be, you have to be original and then you can find your own happiness or else it's gonna to lead to a lot of problems after college. Um, actually, you know what, let, let me talk about that because I wanna hear your, your view on this. So without, this is gonna sound like a brag but it's obviously gonna be a negative that I wish I could have improved on but I feel like my name was known at UK. Um, yeah. not, not always good but not always bad. So I was in RTC um, I had this huge drama thing my freshman year with fraternities because um, I put on a YouTube video that went like mini viral 
about why I wasn't going to join a fraternity and they all hated me, but it was because I got raped at a, a party and they basically just, dr they didn't drug me. They got me so drunk that I didn't understand what was going on. And so I was mad and I took it out on YouTube and then I, all, anyways, all these things happened and I was quantity over quality. I had all these friends and I was trying to be like the guy and I didn't play yeah. sports. So like, there's no reason to be the guy because I was just a normal student, wouldn't study, I worked all the time, all this shit. I was just trying to be the like the dopest dude I could, right? And all of a sudden, I graduate. Um, I didn't even win Mr. UK. I came in third. Like, if I'm gonna be a dope dude, like you better get the fucking top spot, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And it wasn't even I like that. second place should have been. I would have accepted second place, but third, like it's like okay, you <laughs> you made podium, but like, are you really, are you really thought about? No. Um, but anyways, I moved to Arizona. Uh, I do this military stuff, and I meet some of my best friends that I, I was just talk, talking to them a bit ago, still the best friends that I have, and I moved to D.C., and all of a sudden, I don't have any friends, and I'm like, well, this is new, like, I'm used to people hitting me up for no reason, and just, like, to hang out and stuff, and I had to, like, come to grips, I was like, I'm extremely narcissistic, I feed off people, like, I can't do anything independently, and I've been so used to being hyped up and getting my ego and getting that dopamine that like I don't know how to be me and so when I was talking about like growing like I literally had to fail extremely hard like I felt so I had a current I had a COVID experience while living in DC the first time I was isolated I didn't have any friends I was dating just to have social interaction like I didn't even care if it went well I just needed somebody and at my workplace, there's like older people. So I wasn't even getting that. And so I had to do a lot of soul searching and basically like build myself back up from being honestly not a piece. I was a nice piece of shit. Like you're, I was you're not a nice guy. Yeah. You're a very nice guy. Nice, but also narcissistic. Right. And I always wanted attention. Okay. And um, now I don't really want that. Like, I guess I have a okay social media following, but if it, if it got taken away today, it wouldn't matter. But I don't know. I just had to do that. And um, I, what you're saying, what I'm, I'm trying to relate it back to what you're saying is like, you can't always try to be the man. Like sometimes it's okay just being you. So, yeah. I think th there's something that is built into humans. I don't know what you would say. It's an instinct. Yeah. It is a, you feel whenever somebody's being themselves and they're being genuine mm -hmm. you can feel you can feel that i don't i can't explain it but i, I it's swear like an aura can. almost and other people can as well yeah so whenever you start speaking and people will realize like this is really you talking yeah they're going to like 10 times out of 10 man they will like that significantly better than putting on a, a facade a charade because they something it may not be today it may not be tomorrow but at some point all those people will start to be like man this guy full of shit <laughs> right this guy's and then everybody starts talking and and so it's it's not always immediate and i and i can i can align with you in a sense of like it's it's a lot easier to kind of build yourself a support system mm -hmm. and and just kind of let life take you yeah you know people are hitting you up Alex, Alex is the guy he knows because you knew a ton of people, man. Yeah. In comparison to you, I didn't know anybody. You know, you you definitely were a name on campus. And I don't think. I mean, sure, some people maybe maybe didn't like your bravado, 
I thought you were funny as hell. Oh, I still I am. I gravitated towards you naturally because <laughs> it's like, wait a second. This guy, you remember that? We had a class together, man. It was one of them uh, statistical math classes. Oh, my God. Everybody was failing it. You just stand up on day one like, hey, guys, I don't know what the fuck is going on, <laughs> but if you guys want to get together like a text group or something so we can kind of figure this out together. So you brought people together, man, and I think good or bad, that's a pretty cool thing, and that's a natural talent that you have. To yeah. Kind of, bring people together well it's, it's about harnessing that for a, a positive gain rather than attention you know i think in statistics that really was genuine because i had no idea what the fuck was going on well we all in that boat we all got an a in that class I yeah people that story yeah uh, our teacher did not speak the greatest english and no, no one knew the coursework so they i don't know who i didn't ever talk to the dean but enough people went to the dean and we got a's in that class that yeah was it was crazy. it was fantastic actually i had forgotten all about that but i do remember it because we were all pissed and i think i think i went to i went to the dean i think you said you may have i know a lot of people that went and we were just like hey like we don't think the guy's a bad person we just don't understand what the hell is going on and i think everyone yeah, I is reflecting that yeah. And so they, I think they bumped our finals up by 20%. So I think it was something like that. And I, I'm a I'm a straight C shooter. You know, I'm not a B guy and I'm not an A guy. You know, I see my future in C's. And I was just really pumped to get that A because I was like, I needed this. Yeah, because we all, I mean, we was, we was all living down there in the 70s. Didn't anybody <laughs> have a B or an A in the class or some, some shit like that? But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing you bring to the table. And whenever you start to... And you know, I know you said that you spend a lot of time doing self-reflection and stuff, but that's definitely one of your strengths, man, is the ability to garner attention. But it is important what you do with that attention because yeah. whenever you have that natural skill, mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing. And if you just start saying, point at this direction more, which is why I think it's so cool that you do a podcast too because that's collaboration. Yeah. I th- I've always wanted to get people on here that have very interesting stories and I, I know we've talked about doing a podcast like over the last like three weeks and then I tried to get you I think a week and a half ago but I just got slammed at work with Hurricane Laura going yeah. through um, so I wasn't and I think you were on a boat so I, not on a boat or you, you were with, with friends so that didn't work out but I think this is a good time because I'm kind of starting to get my I don't know how to my feng shui without a yeah. podcast so I'm glad that you weren't like the third guest and instead you're like the sixth because now I kind of get how to under like how to ask questions or actually have a conversation. It's easy with you because I know you, but with yeah. people that I don't know, it's kind of like, all right, so tell the podcast who you are, where are you from. Right. It's not like stale like that. You don't have um, anything to go off. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, something that you mentioned with using the the platform that you have, or I don't just use social media because it's so prevalent today. Um, I mean, you can have a platform in person, and as long as you have a positive influence that's good but i i don't follow them anymore but there's a lot of people i would say even on the mill twitter side which you may not understand what that means but it's basically a sect of twitter that calls himself mill twitter and it's like these people that are either vets or in and they'll talk about all these things military related or this or that it's it's a whole thing anyways there are a few people that just like always talk about positivity and they're social justice warriors all the time and how they do this and this right and then they just go do the opposite and for some reason they'll post about it too like they'll say how good they are with covid 
and then they'll go travel all over the country or they'll go international and they won't be wearing a mask when they're doing stories and then you know the next tweet will be a follow-up like by the way guys just so you know i took off my mask to take this video why you can still talk with a mask on so I, I know it's just like trying to cover their bases and it just really sucks because these people have huge followings like four or five times bigger than mine and i don't think i have a big following but it's more than like 400 followers right and yeah. these people have like 30,000, 40,000. So all these people are like, well, if she's doing it, then I guess like it won't hurt if I don't wear a mask or like it won't hurt if I do this XYZ action. And then that's how shit kind of derails. So I would rather I, – I don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It just – it it sucks when you see someone with a big flat platform and they don't use it positively and they and they make more destruction out of it. Yeah, and I, I think that even goes further up beyond like COVID. COVID's definitely the most prevalent right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's tough in America, man. We've got we've got a lot of really famous people. Yeah, I'm not gonna name drop because like, I'm really not that like even even the super famous people that'll never hear this. Like I'm just not. I don't like the bad mouth. But there there are people that have all that platform, all that following. Yeah. And whenever they're doing the wrong thing and they're not setting the example, mm -hmm. it is the way that it is that so many people nowadays live on these damn things, the phones and the computers and whatever you've got. And that's the, whenever that is how you kind of learn to be, that's who you are molding yourself mm -hmm. off of. Then it, I mean, it could definitely have some negative in, impact uh, on society in terms of that kind of stuff. But I, I'm a big practice what you preach guy. Oh, 100%. Regardless whether it's good or not. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not just saying this. I believe in being honest with people. Mm hmm It's not always fun. No. I, I lose friends over that shit. I've lost a lot of friends over but the I, last couple months. And I know you said it's bigger than COVID, but really COVID and the political atmosphere that we're in, I, some just some of the conversations that I've had, I was like, you know what? I did not realize that you think like this. And I don't know that I want to be your friend. And it sucks, but sometimes you got to cut that off. If it's if it's detrimental to, to how you're living, uh, that's, the, that's the best thing you can do is just get it out of your life. I think it's important to have really difficult conversations, but if you're having a conversation with a brick wall... You got to keep that good energy to yourself. Can't waste it on a brick wall. That brick wall is gonna be a brick wall at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know what? It it I think that trickles down to arguing on the internet. So not many conversations on on the internet have ever has like ever led to anything positive. Like you right. may feel like you won an argument, but what did you really do? You just typed on a keyboard for a little while, talked to someone who's not gonna change their attitude. You may have had some minions on your side like like and favorite your stuff, or and their side might have theirs. But at the end of the day, what did it really change? nothing yeah. you're not gonna change anyone's opinion on the internet except for like maybe a few people that i mean awesome good maybe their opinions changed hopefully in a good way right but it doesn't do anything um i know when all the protesting and stuff happened like i was out there not daily but i, I went out as much as i could because i figured like okay what's better me tweeting black lives matter or say their name or something like that or me actually going out there and like trying to be part and show solidarity with you know people and this isn't me being like oh i'm holier than thou i'm just saying like i do believe in actually like going out and trying to do stuff and it just seems like a lot of people will tweet it or put a facebook thing but they won't actually go do something yeah. which it's kind of like 
what's the point then? Like, are you, are you just doing it for clout? Which I feel like a lot of people do do it for clout. Um, yeah. But I, like you said, you, you got to be honest. And I think, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go real deep. You got to be honest okay. with yourself too. Get deep with me. Get up in here. Oh, do you do you feel the butt cheek sliding right now? There you go. I'm put I'm putting the lube in. All right, we're there. Just the tip. Um, okay. But no, like I think you have to be honest with yourself. Um, and I know I talked about that a little bit, you know, when I was saying I was kind of a douchebag and trying to rebuild myself. But especially with those accounts that always talk about, you know, I do this or like this is how things should be. But like, what are you really doing? Like, are you doing it for clout or are you doing it to make a change? Is your platform making a change? If not, have you gone out and protested? Have you gone out and like wrote a letter to your local senator or have you done anything productive? And if you haven't, you have to sit back and think, okay, why am I doing this? And that can be applied to anything. And I have to do that to myself all the time. Like <laughs> one of my one of my podcasts with my friend Daniel, I was talking to him about Instagram thirst traps. And I was like, every once in a while, I'll post a thirst trap, right? Not lately, because I'm a little thick. I'm a little thick right now. Um, it's hey, it's bulk season. But I was like, why did I post this? Like, am I really proud of my body? I mean, yes, but I'm really just looking for someone to validate that I look good. You know, whether it's like a DM right. or like someone telling me that I look good. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that needed? No. And should should I be able to find self worth? without seeking validation from others yes so every time i'm about to post one now i think about that i'm like all right are you being honest with yourself is this a progress pick which i think are fine if i'm really like if i go from what i weigh now and get cut i'm just like hey great job and like i shout out my coach and do all this stuff that's a progress pick if i'm pulling down my shorts a little bit to show the v ah you know like i'll delete it in three seconds if i do post i'm just like why did i do that and I know that's like kind of it's a silly example, but I really do try to do that with a lot of things in life and try to figure out, okay, why, why am I actually doing this? Right. Well, yeah, intent matters. Intent does matter. And I think everything, even even if you're looking for that validation, I think it has its place. Mm-hmm. I think it, if it's done, if it's overly done, it's like, come on, you know, yeah. that's just in, that's in poor taste. If I'm looking at pictures of somebody's, and and chicks too. Chicks oh yeah, are, it, it goes both ways. This is not a male specific thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, I think it is good to help build self confidence. I don't know that your self worth should be there, but right. if that is a thing that helps you get out there and fucking tackle whatever it is today. I think that that's a tool that can be be utilized. I don't want to knock on that. The other thing I heard you say in there um, was, and this is just my two cents on you know, putting out a tweet in support of Black Lives Matter, um, really putting out your, your voice to align on a thing that's happening socially mm-hmm. and then not going out and taking some action. I would just add to that that an action that could be taken is if you go out and are fucking nice to somebody. Oh, hell yeah. 100%. That... And then if you live that shit, if you live that Black Lives Matter, people will know. People know that. Yeah. People like people if you're racist, it's people are gonna notice that shit too. hundred percent. 
And so just my thing would just be don't don't tweak that, don't post that, don't align with that side. And then if somebody does some does some or says some racist shit around you, don't let that slide. Right. That would be my whole thing is that like if you're gonna say it, align with it. It doesn't have to be going out and and getting active and, and all that sort of stuff, but you better fucking live it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I get real pissed off about that. I yeah, I agree. And I so Clearly with COVID and, and so I haven't, okay, that's a lie. I have recently, but for a very long time, I had not had uh, textual relations. We'll go with that. I won't actually say the word. Um, so I, my fantasy slowly turned away from, from girls to like different things. And my biggest fantasy is being in a grocery store or being in a, in a place and having a Karen actually go off on somebody. And then like in my dream, I go up and I'm like, hey, why don't you fucking not? Or just like shut that down. Like that gets me off. Like I'm sitting there, like I'm sitting there like greasing the elbow, like fuck, like what would I say to this racist? Oh God, yes. And just ruining their day. Like that, that's what gets me off. And I haven't had a chance to do that. Actually, I have, but it's due to COVID. It's not like racism, but like people that don't wear masks at the gym, it's mandated. And people... For some reason, other than like one or two other people, they won't say uh, shit to anyone that's not wearing their mask. I will. Because the girl that I was dating recently, she she's a researcher and so she's a scientist. And she studied COVID. And I'm not sure how official or like what tests are done because we're, we're so early in this stage to figure it out. But there's a high likelihood that your heart and your lungs are going to be greatly affected. Like the after effects are going to be terrible um, for people that get COVID. And whether you're asymptomatic or you're not, like in 20 years or something, this might be a, a recurring epidemic there because now you're going to have all these health issues. And I don't want some, and I'm just going to be stereotyping here because it's most of the people that do this, some jacked bro who thinks he can't lift without pulling it down or all the way because he's better than everyone else. So I go up to people, I'm like, hey, hey man, that's a good lift. And he's like, yeah, thanks bro. I'm like, hey, um... What's the difference between you and everybody here? And he's like, well, no. I'm like, well, everybody here is wearing a fucking mask. And you're not. And they usually get defensive. And I'm like, dude, here's the deal. You can fight me and you might win. Probably not because you're just big. You're not depth. But what I am going to do is tell all the management. I'll fucking rat you out. And you're not going to be able to come here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I've done it before. I've gotten somebody kicked out. And the person... um, was escorted out by police and I don't think they can go to the gym anymore. But like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have them be the reason I get COVID or like the old dude or old grandma working out gets COVID. And it's, it's about being nice. Like it's a shared sacrifice. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants to wear a mask. Just like, I don't think the majority of people want racism to be a thing. I think for the most part, most people are good. And maybe that's just like being an optimist Oh man, 99%, 99% of people good. Yeah, but it's always that 1% that just fucking ruins it. And they're extremely racist and they make people feel uncomfortable or they're the people that won't wear the mask in the gym. And it's like, guys, if you would just change this small thing about you, the world would be such a better place. But you refuse to. Yeah. And I don't support the death penalty, but I do, I do think that I should be allowed to carry a sledgehammer and cripple their knees. Maybe a good slap it upside the head. Yeah. That's yeah, and maybe maybe get it right. Yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah I, we, we all have to, we did, like you said, we didn't ask. This was dealt to us. This is our this is our thing that as a society and as a world we have to overcome and everybody needs to do their part. I yeah. It's not too crazy to me. I agree. So, um, I want to talk about this. So, you texted me yesterday and I just thought this was the dopest shit ever. You said, what are you doing to fuck today up? And I love that shit. Like, I haven't been asked that ever, I don't think. Like, no one's ever just been like, yo, how are you getting better today? And unironically, if that's a word, not not sarcastically. Like, how are you, what are you doing today to absolutely thrive? And so, I, I'm not religious, but I do, I do believe in a God. And um, I pray to a God each night. And it's not like a psalm 1834 or whatever that's the only bible verse i know because it's tatted on me but like i don't do like a bible verse i just say hey hey god like what's up like i hope everyone has a great day i hope people are going after their goals and they have a nice day and if they suck as a person like help them see the right way um and so and then i asked him i'm like hey like please bless my family friends and loved ones let me have a great day and get closer to my goals and do better about who i am as a person and I tell him or her, I'm like, yo, you have a good day too. Just, you know, icing on the cake. But like, that's my my whole thing with people is like, how are you getting better? And how are you making other people's lives better? And when I was originally in DC, I had a nonprofit um, called Better Than Yesterday. And it was all about helping people achieve their goals and getting closer to the ideal person. And it was really, it was really aimed at high school students. And this is this is still, I knew I wanted to teach at some point. So I was trying to like kind of get some of the influence in there, but I'd go to high school and I'd talk to them about nutrition and, and exercise and, uh, academics and the importance of having focus and, and what their plans are after high school and just trying to start them off on the right path. And then I would go into, um, kind of like, it's like midway homes. I forget what they're called. But it's like for recovering addicts that are doing well enough to be, oh, a halfway house, halfway houses. I would go in there and be like, hey, guys, like, you know, you are you've already done so much and you've accomplished so much by just being here. What are your next steps? Have you already thought about this? And I I ended that when I left D.C., um, but I really feel like I've kind of carried that with people. And that's my wish that people are every day even if it's just a little bit it's like working out you're not going to get stronger if you stay at the same weight if you throw even if it's a 0.125 fucking pounds that's 0.125 more than you were doing the next day and if you keep building on that you start getting better and stronger and i think it's the same way with life and i think you share a very similar mindset um but i think that's important to be as a person but not everyone really shares that or had or at least no one's really talking about it yeah, maybe they're just, you know, they're not there yet. They're yeah. A little rough around the edges. And that's, you actually, you plugged it right there. Mindsets. That's the YouTube channel. There it is. My, my thought on that, I came up with that so fast. Man, that may be the worst name. I don't know. But my thought one day, I, I, I think a lot. Um, and one day, I mean, my roommate is, he probably gets sick and tired of hearing about all my ideas <laughs> that I'm never going to go through with. And I go, man, how crazy would it be if there was a gym, but at that gym, they focused on mental toughness 
mm-hmm. and then just used physical strength as like a supplement to help you focus your brain. And then one day I get, you know, passion to, to start a YouTube channel and the steps like you do in a gym, like yeah. reps that you would do for your mind. And that was really where, you know, it kind of came to a crossroads for me where I'm going, all right, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to live in a space where similar to like you did and kind of like what you're moving in to do with helping kids gain confidence and and whether that be through gym or arts, whatever their passion may be. Yeah. For me, that thing is physical fitness uh, and using that as my uh, kind of driving force behind focusing and staying committed and dedication and routine and mm-hmm. daily habits. Mm-hmm. And if you set your mind to one thing and you learn how to toughen your, your mind, I, I fully am one of those maybe I'm an idiot, maybe we're idiots, but I'm one of those people that believes that if you want to do something, you can do it, regardless of situation. 100%. And it's it's all a mindset, man. And you get tricked into as a kid, you know, Alex is sitting in class, Alex raises his hand and says, hey, I want to be like uh, an astronaut. And then the teacher's like, oh, that's cute. Um, you're not going to be an astronaut. Like, nobody, like, there are like 10 astronauts, or you know, whatever yeah. it is. But somebody's a fucking astronaut somebody is yeah somebody is and it was the kid it was probably the kid who whenever he said he wanted to be an astronaut somebody was like okay cool let's make it plan to get you there yeah and then he'd stay dedicated to that his entire life yeah and then the next thing you know he's a fucking astronaut we try and complicate where we want to get to mm-hmm. by saying just go ahead it's way easier to just make an excuse and be like ah oh, man it'd be awfully hard wouldn't it yeah. You know, there are there are a thousand steps in between me and becoming a NFL quarterback. Okay. But today there's one step. Right. And then the next day is another step. Mm-hmm. And you do that and you do it and it's repetition. You just beat it into yourself and become mentally tough at whatever it is. And that's it. People think it's harder than that, but it's not. Yeah. It's hard to get started. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you talk to people who um, they're trying to get into a gym routine and you're like, the first step is getting off the couch. You've already, you've already moved past to where you were yesterday. You went to the gym and you didn't do anything. You went to the gym. Next day you went on the Stairmaster for five minutes and you feel somewhat accomplished. You start getting that itch and maybe you lift a weight or two or whatever you want to do. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's that way with life. It was that way with teaching. I mean, I was really... Uh, I was I had pretty much thrown the idea away. So um, after college, I got a full ride to UH Manoa, which is Hawaii, to be a special education teacher. Um, I could not afford Honolulu. I just I just couldn't. I ran the numbers. It just wasn't happening. And so I got really down. I was like, man, that's fucking stupid. Like I was so pumped to do that. It's teaching. Um, there's my opportunity. And we already talked about this. I went and chased the money. Found that the money didn't equate to happiness. Um, and I just, I had this opportunity and I'm not having a lot of success in in finding a job, but I've only been at it for really on the application side for a week. So I'm not too, too sad about it, but you know what, even if I don't get a teaching job and I wasted some money and I wasted a lot of time, at least I took that step and I'm going to take that dedication into whatever I do next. Like I could go full-time army most likely if I wanted to, um, which would suck because then I can't have a beard and I'm losing my hair. So it's kind of like, I'm trying to even this shit out. Um, if I don't have hair, I'm going to have a beard. If I have hair, then I don't worry about shaving. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like the incremental steps that you take each day to be better. Um, and I wish everyone had that mindset because I think our, our world would definitely be a lot better. We would have a lot smarter kids in the U S. Um, if, if we took those astronauts and said, Hey, like you, you can do this. I mean, think about all the times that you hear athletes or rappers and they talk about how their, there's uh, teachers were like, you'll never, you'll never be an athlete or you'll never be this or that. And it almost, it still drives them to this day. Like some fourth grade teacher said that they want it and now they're making millions rapping. And I'm not saying everyone's yeah. gonna be a rapper, yeah. but they took the steps. Yeah, that's that, that's that teacher's insecurities speaking through to try and commit someone else so that that way they feel better about not making it. Right, yeah, like I'm sorry that you played Juco and you didn't go D1. You should be happy that you went Juco. Like that's so dope, I, I couldn't go Juco. I was fantastic at sports in high school. You know how I did in college? Shit. I was ass. I walked onto the baseball team my freshman year, and then I, like, was immediately cut after, like, a week or two because they were just like, ah, no. And I was crushed because I thought, like, I was going to be this MLB player. My dad played in the MLB for a little while, so I was like, oh, family tradition. All Like, a lot of my family that went to college went to college on full-ride athletics. I didn't. I was, like, the black sheep of that regard. And so I felt really bad. But at the same time, I was like, yo, like, I stepped on the field with these. We were number one my, our freshman year for baseball. I stepped on the field, yeah, and I, I briefly made the team, like, as a pitcher. And maybe it was just because, like, everyone was hurt at the time. But I briefly made it. And yeah. so I was like, damn, like, I made it farther than I thought I would. And, like, at the time, I didn't appreciate that. But now when I talk to kids, I can tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm not a star. I'm not one of the people that had like one of these underdog stories, but I I wore cleats that touched the field where kids playing the MLB played as well. And maybe that'll uh, like yeah. help them out. I don't know. But it's something to think about. And I feel like everyone has one of those stories. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just feel like <laughs> if these kids can just see you be vulnerable about pursuing something, even if it didn't go successfully they'll have the confidence to take that step. Yeah, it's it's important for them to have good role models, uh, to hear somebody say that, like, it's possible. And then, I mean, even if you've got a lie, you go, like, I, I, if I had worked harder, maybe, just to instill that belief, you got to make them believe that, like, they can do it. Yeah. And if you, I mean, you spent, if you spent your whole life thinking, you grew up and you're like, man, I'm really... I'm, I'm going to become a doctor. I'm going to become a doctor. And everybody mm -hmm. tells you, like, you're going to be a doctor someday. You're going to be, like, the chances are you're probably going to be a fucking doctor. Yeah. And so it's just, it's this reaffirmation thing that you get from society that can push you in that direction sometimes to get to where you want to go. But too often, it's that they're pushing you to say that, like, nah, man, that's impossible. Yeah. But it's only because they can't visualize the steps that you would need to take to get there and couldn't see themselves taking those steps to get to that point themselves yeah and then they try and force that on you it's it's a ridiculous thing but it's if we could weed that out we'd be a hell of a lot better as a society i know that i think so and not to keep it about teaching but there's this thing that pretty much you have to have as a teacher it's called a philosophy of education and i've already written mine and it, it was super easy to write because i already know kind of who i want to be as a teacher and what i want to teach and one of the things with texas is that there's a lot of hispanic kids or there's a lot of kids that are first gen high school or they came from wherever and you see in movies and you see in tv shows where like 
the Spanish kid is always dumb or can't speak English or they're not, you know, they're kind of just like, well, that's not the case. Like these kids, they want to learn and they want to do things. And just because they're first gen here, like you can't discount the fact that they're here. And so one of the things that I put in my philosophy of education is like my, my number one rule is effort. If you give me effort, I will give you everything that I can. And I think that's how I am with like all relationships. And I, I feel like you probably do the same, but like, as long as you show that you're working hard, like I will get to, un- I will get to know you. I will understand like what your interests are and like where you want to go in life. Um, because it, you've, you've mentioned it multiple times. Like you have these teachers that have insecurities and maybe they don't, they can't visualize how someone gets there. It doesn't mean that you can't help them. You know, if, if, if a kid comes up to me and says, I want to be a porn star. And this is going to sound super, obviously it's like the most whack thing in the world. I'd say, okay, well, have you ever conducted an interview? Have you ever acted? Have you ever done this? Now, obviously I wouldn't do this with kids, but I just wanted to make it funny at the same time. But like, you you gotta, you have to find a way to at least give them the steps. And in your mind, you might be saying, this kid probably isn't meant to be a rocket scientist. Maybe he struggles with academics. But are you going to be the person that reinforces that struggle? Or are you going to be the person that's like, hey, like you work a little harder, you get a couple B's and A's, like you may have that chance to get a scholarship. And maybe they don't become a rocket scientist, but maybe they're fall in love with math and then become an accountant or they do this or that, you know, like something. And I feel like even people nowadays, like going through a career transition, in my perspective at 27, is extremely scary. And the, the salary cut is scary. And not knowing if I'm going to be successful or even fucking get hired is scary. Um, and I think about that with people that are like single mothers or like single fathers. And they're just trying to like do their best. And a lot of times they get kind of beaten down by society and beaten down just by the life that they're living. And they're scared to take these opportunities. But, you know, if they just had a support system where society was more acceptable for them. Like, do you remember in college when you'd see old people in class? At least from my perspective, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, I get, I, do, I get yeah. it now. Oh, I yeah. really do, and I feel so bad for judging them. But, but now I'm like, I totally understand. Like, you're bettering yourself, and I fucking rock with that. I, oh man, if I saw that person, that same old person there today, I would be like, fuck yeah, Jerry. Fuck yeah, you're Jerry, doing it, man. Yeah, you're doing it. I would sit, I would I sit with Jerry. Hype. Yeah, and I. I didn't get that in college and I feel like that's part of I mean that's part of the issue is that we don't have that mindset as a country maybe even the world doesn't actually I feel like the world does view that like in Europe like everyone's like constantly learning and shit maybe not everyone but it's more of like accepted Um, but in America like I wish we just had that acceptance of people going after what they want without you know automatically shooting down or having that stereotype of what the fuck is this old geezer do you even know Microsoft Excel Answer probably not, but you're learning, and you're doing okay. Right. So, yeah. But um, dude, it is almost 9 p.m. here, so I'm about to go to sleep. Uh, you're a little forward me, but um, do you have any closing comments or anything like that? I want to give you some time, like 10 minutes or something, if you have something that you want to talk about. Man, no, I, I honestly, dude, thank you. This this is the first. I I, I fucking love having conversations like this, man. If, if my whole day looked like conversations like this, open, honest, really discussion, like what drives people's passions, hopefully putting it out into the world so that someone hears one person, man, if even one person hears some 
something that we've talked about and like that gives them energy gives them belief in themselves mm-hmm. man i rock with it so hard so i just appreciate you giving me the platform to set and hang out and talk with you because i i eat it up fuck I yeah man. Shit, man i'm gonna so yeah. i will happily accept you back on here because i have my buddy garrett um supposed to come on here and i think you two would actually be a very fun conversation to have so if you're down like i'm trying to get like a little bit of a collab where maybe i won't be talking as much and you and Garrett can can talk a little bit. So Garrett is one of one of my Twitter friends that I would actually consider being a friend, um, like in in real life. Um, he's he's a good bud. You guys met on Twitter. Or you don't know him like personally. I don't know him personally, but we met on Twitter. But it's like I don't yeah. know how to describe this, but it's one of those friendships where you're like, okay, we're cool. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, okay. And he's uh, he's a single dad. Well, no, I'm not. He's not a single dad. He's a he's married now to a woman that he met in Canada. I think like over Tinder or Twitter or something like that. Has an awesome daughter, uh, works really hard. He's got a very good success story. So he had a kid at a young age. He went from uh, working in a factory, I think on the line to management. And he's doing really great things. And I think he, his ideas would align very well with what you believe in. So um, if you have some free time over the next like week or two, I might actually try to set that up. I would love that, man. That okay. would be awesome. Cool. Well, um, sweet. I will I'll get back to you on that either tomorrow or the next day because I'll hit Garrett up too. And, uh, yeah, we'll get that popping. Sounds good. Everybody, everybody, I know there's like thousands, probably thousands of people that are going to be listening to this. It's Mindsets on YouTube. Uh, TC Solise is pretty much my handle on any social media. Uh, let's man, let's let's hold some accountability. Let's build a, a foundation, a community. Let's get out there and get after it. Fuck yeah, man! I'm gonna link your shit too. Don't worry. Thanks, dude. All right, I'll see you, man. See you, bro. Bye.